Hey, you're listening to the Catalyst Church Podcast, here to incite change through Jesus. Check us out on social media, Catalyst Church NZ. Now, onto this week's message. Well, today, the title of my message, or the title of, of this, this part in the life of Abraham, is that possession requires a shift. Possession requires a shift. Something has to shift in order for us to possess the promises of God. And so, Father, today I pray that you would speak to every person that hears this message. Lord, that you would speak to us about the things that we need to shift, the things that we need to move, whether it be in our mind, our thinking, in our physical locations, whatever it is, God, you would speak to us. God, I pray that you would use me today to speak into people's hearts. God, that it wouldn't just be my words, but God, it would be your word that would penetrate and go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we finished up last week in Genesis chapter 15 and this interaction where God spoke to him and he said, look to the stars and and all this. And, And there was this amazing moment where God said, uh, there about Abraham, he said, and Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it, counted him as righteous because of his faith. And I want to continue on from there with what actually happens there. And it says this in verse 7 Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? And I want to say right now that that is a very legitimate question. How can I be sure? How can I know? How can I know? And in our lives, we can ask God this very question. How, God, can I know that the promises that you have said will come true? How can I know that what you have promised will come to fruition in my life? How can I know that the circumstances that I face right now are not going to be my end result? How can I know? Oh God. And then the Lord told him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And in fact, God's response is, hey, how can I know? And he says, well, would you bring me a sacrifice? Would you bring me a sacrifice? In verse 10, so Abraham presented all these to him and killed them. And he cut each animal down the middle and laid the half side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. And some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abraham chased them away. You know, in this very instance, what happened is that God said, how can I, Abraham said to God, how can I know this has happened? And then God said to Abraham, then bring me a sacrifice. And two things happened right there and then. Abraham was obedient and he brought the sacrifice. He brought action to what God had said to him and spoken to him in that moment. And then he, he, he actually brought that sacrifice. And not only that, did he not just bring the sacrifice, but he ensured that nothing would happen to it. And then you can read through in the rest of chapter 12 there that the sun went down, he went to a sleep and all this stuff happened and God spoke to him about the future, about what was going to go on and, and, and this whole works that was going to go and, and about how there was good, the, his, his, his people, the people of Israel, the Hebrews would be going to slavery. But in the end, and this, it says this in verse 14, but I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. And I want to tell you right now, in the end, God has a plan. In the end, God has a purpose. In the end, God's word will come true. 
and will come forth to those who obey him and love him. Just like it says in Romans 8.28, for God works all things for good for those who love and obey him. And I want to tell you, in the end, God will will work things out. But in order to possess what God has for us, sometimes it requires a shift. And it says this, So the Lord made a covenant with Abraham that day, and he said, I have given this land to your descendants. Verse 18 of chapter 15. All the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River, the land now occupied by the Kenites, the Kenzanites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites, and every other sort of ite that you can think of. God makes a, pro- uh, uh, a, a promise about the lands that is there. And I want to tell you that the land wasn't available. It had other inhabitants. And that in order for Abraham to possess the land, he had to shift from where he was. He had to shift in his mindset. He had to shift in the place. And there is a shift that God is calling us to move into. See, the land that he was called to wasn't available. The land that he was called to had other inhabitants. And possession requires a shift. Possession requires a shift. And this is such an important concept to understand today. That God's promises for your life require things to shift in the way that you do life. Requires a shift in the way that life happens. Requires a shift in the way that we see things. Requires a shift in our priorities. Requires a shift in the inhabitants of who is there in the land. And today I want to look at four key areas that God is calling us to shift in in order to take up the position that he has. There's four key areas that I believe that God has for us to shift in so that we can inhabit the promises of God. The first area I want to talk about is our mindsets. There is something that needs to shift in the, in the way that we look and think of things here. And I want to read you some scriptures. There's some incredible scriptures in the Word of God. Ephesians 4.23 says this, Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. See, we need God's Spirit to renew, to shift, to make new in our heads the thoughts that we have and the attitudes that we allow to flow in our lives as a result of what we think. See, God wants to shift what is happening in our minds. Colossians 3.2 says this, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Man, what are you thinking about today? Are you thinking about just what is before you? Are you thinking about just the situations, the circumstances, the tangibles, the facts of the situation, the facts of the matter? Well, the fact of the matter is this, is that the facts don't count in the end against the promises of God. When the facts and the situation are not matching up to the promises of God, then they need to shift. Philippians 2 verse 5 says this, that we must have the same attitude that Jesus had, the same mindset that Jesus had. And Jesus' attitude was this, not my will be done, but your will be done, God. That I would fulfill what the Father shows me. That I must be about my Father's business. 
that for the joy set before him on the cross, the plan, the purposes that God had for him, that he would go out and he would fulfill what God had planned and purpose for his life. And that's what we need to have. We have the same attitude, the same mindset that Jesus had. Philippians 2.2, it says this, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together in one mind and purpose. You know what? We're called together to have our mindset built together on the same purpose, that being fulfilling what God has got planned for us. There, I love what it says this, Romans 8, 6. So letting your sinful nature can... Uh, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Let me ask you a question right now in your life. Do you have peace? Do you have life flowing? Well, if you don't have those things flowing in the way that you would like, then let me suggest that maybe you are spending too much time focusing in your mind and giving attention to things of this earth, things of the flesh, instead of the things of God. When we focus in and allow our attention, allow our mind, allow our thinking to stay on the things of God, then something shifts and that we get this peace, this peace that surpasses all understanding, this peace that is beyond our comprehension. I want to finish this on the mindset piece, and I love this. This is one of my most favorite scriptures, Romans 12 too. It says this, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You want to become a new person? You need to change the way you think. When we change our mindset, when we shift our mindset, we become a new person. We become who God has called us to be. We become the man of God, the woman of God, the child of God, the person. When we allow our mindset to think on heavenly things, focus in the Word of God, allow His Word to speak to us, allow messages to speak into our spirit, something shifts. We become a new person. See, we need to shift in our mindsets today. And as we shift in our mindset, let me tell you something about that. We are going to shift in who we are. We are going to become more the person God called us to be by shifting our mindset. So what are the things that you've been focusing in on today that God is saying, I need you to shift away from that. I need you to move away from that right now. We need to do something in our mindset. That's the first thing that we need to shift them in order to possess the promises of God. Possession requires a shift, a shift in our mindset. The second thing that I want to focus in on is that sometimes when we want to possess something, it actually requires us to shift in our physicality, in our actual location, where we physically find ourselves sometime. I love what happens in the book of Numbers, and I want to read this to you. In the book of Numbers, chapter 9, there's this incredible uh, piece of scripture where the people of God are moving about through the wilderness. And I want to read to you in chapter 9 from verses 15 through 18. It says this, On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it. 
And the cloud represents the Holy Spirit, by the way, the Spirit of God that was leading the people of God. But from the evening until morning, morning, the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. And this was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud covered the tabernacle and the appearance of fire. And whenever the cloud lifted over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. Wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, they traveled and camped at the Lord's command wherever he told them to go. And they remained in the camp as long as the camp stayed over the tabernacle. Man, I want to tell you right now, some of us, God is calling us to move on, to move on from where we find ourselves right now. Maybe it's to move on from a job. Maybe it's to move on from a relationship. Maybe it's to move on from your physical home. Maybe it's to move on from a mindset. Maybe it's to move on from a way of doing things. Maybe it's to move on from the old patterns or thoughts, whatever it is. But God is calling us to move on. Some of us need to shift physically where we are. There's someone watching this today and you have the opportunity to move your bedroom. I want to tell you something will happen as you move your bedroom. You mean what? what's going to happen there? I don't know. But as you're obedient to move in that place, I believe that God is going to speak to you in a fresh way. The heavens will open up and God will speak to you. And you know what? As we are obedient to move, as the Israelites followed where God was, you know, God is not static. He doesn't just set himself up in one place, but he wants to take us on a journey through life, moving from one place to the other. Throughout scripture, we see in every person's life, they move, they go on one place. They don't just stay in one spot. In fact, when we they stay in one spot, often what happens is we grow stagnant. I mean, look in Psalm 1. Uh, you can see in Psalm 1 that there talks about that, that where a river flows, there is life. And I want to tell you, there is a meant to be a flowing I'm moving where we continue to go on location to location, allowing the Spirit of God to guide us, to show us, to lead us into where we go. You can look in the book of Acts. Paul, he's on his way to Damascus. He gets interrupted by an encounter by the Spirit of God. And he says, I want you to go to this place now. And he's, in his dreams, he's told to go to Macedonia. There's so many different times and places. In fact, and even in the scripture that we've been reading, Abraham, as he started his life in chapter 1, God said to him, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and Go to the land I will show you. See, but the Bible is full of stories and illustrations where people physically move from where they are. You know what? There is a season and a time for everything. And for some of us, those seasons and times might be longer. And for other of us, we need to make a move. We need to commit into hearing what God is saying and what God is doing. We need to shift. And I know that for some of you watching this today or listening to this today, you know you it's time to move on. It's time to move on. When you're no longer growing, when you're no longer, there's no longer that grace. You know, you no longer feel empowered. You no longer have that sense of life. You no longer have that sense of joy. Some of you are in an environment right now where you have been robbed of joy. And the joy of the Lord is meant to be your strength. But in that place, you're no longer in where God has called you to be. And he's saying, I want you to shift there. In order to possess the promises of God, sometimes we need to shift. Possession requires a shift. The third thing that I believe that God is wanting to speak to us today is around our priorities. We need to have a shift in our priorities. 
in the Bible, in the Ten Commandments, it says that God, God's very first thing is there is that you should have no other gods before me. In fact, there should be nothing else before us, in front of us, before God. You know what? God needs to be number one. The Bible says, Jesus says these words in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know what? We can chase all sorts of things in our lives. We can chase after riches. We can chase, even be feeling like we're chasing after the plans and purposes that God has for our life, but yet we're only doing it in our own strength. We need to prioritize God as our number one. We need to prioritize our relationship our connection, our communion, our worship with God. It needs to be the first thing in our lives. In Deuteronomy 6.5, it says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your uh, soul and with all your might. I want to tell you right now, nothing has shifted and nothing has changed from that. With everything we are, we are to prioritize. That is our number one. In fact, these words are echoed by Jesus. You can read in Matthew 22, he's asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he pulls this scripture out. He says, as it was in the Old Testament, it is still the same today, that we are to love God with everything we are, that we are to prioritize Him and give Him first position, first place, number one above everything else. My wife knows that I love God as number one. My kids know that I love God as number one. Does that mean I don't love my kids? No, absolutely. I love them. I love them with all I am. But before them comes God. And I want to tell you, Abraham had that as a priority in his life. We see later on as he is tested with his son, the promise of his possession of what everything here. He didn't even withhold his son, his only son, from being a potential sacrifice. When God said to him, release that. And I want to tell you when Jesus says love the Lord your God with all your heart that is what we are called to do people to lay down our lives and to give it all to God so what are your priorities how does your priorities look if I was to look into your day if you were to take an honest assessment of your day would it show me that your priorities are God man I look at my life sometimes and I go man it wouldn't show that God you know, I, sometimes my priorities would show that I'm self-sufficient, that I can do it all in my own strength, my own ability, my own. But God, I, I want to look to you. I want to turn to you. I want to prioritize spending time in your presence. I want to prioritize spending time in your word. I want to prioritize hearing what you want to speak to me. I want to prioritize getting that ream of revelation, the word of God that would speak into my soul that is life. I want to prioritize hearing from you, God. I want to prioritize being with your people, building your church, seeing your call fulfilled in my life. And sometimes if we are to possess what God has, it requires a shift in our priorities. It requires a shift in what we're doing. The last thing I want to talk about here today, you know, as we talk about position requires a shift. It requires a shift in our mindset. It requires a shift in our location, our physicality, or where we find ourselves. It requires a shift in our priorities. And the fourth thing I want to talk about is that it requires a shift in our worship. Oh, the Bible makes it so clear that we are to worship God. That, that Jesus said these words that you can have no two masters. You would only you would love one and hate the other. We need to worship God. We need to worship God. 
and, and we need to allow ourselves to, to trust in Him. I actually put down here worship. I had a, a, another one here. You know, when we worship, when we worship God, it, it, it shows where we put our trust. When we worship God, it shows that we put Him before every other situation, before our abilities. And I want to say that we need to have this shift in our worship. And as we have this shift in our worship, it shifts what we put our trust in. You know, when when we worship, as I've talked about, enthrones God, it puts Him in His proper place as number one, and it shows we put, we we trust Him. And and we need to have this shift in what we worship. We need to have this shift in what we trust. And I love this what it says in Romans 15 13 I pray that God the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him then you will overflow in confident hope through the power of his Holy Spirit I pray that God the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him you know what there's this issue of trust there's this issue where we need to trust God. And when we worship God, we show that we put our trust in Him. You know, right from the very day of, of our marriage, when Bianca and I got married, I was talking about this even yesterday with someone in our church, that what was one of the scriptures that we had? Well, we had Proverbs 3, and in verses 5 to 6, and it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You know what? Trust in the Lord with all that you do, with all your heart, with all your actions. Trust in him. Don't don't depend on your own understanding. Don't depend on what you know and what you can come up with, but trust in God. Seek him with all you do, and he will show you which path we are to take. You know, possession requires a shift. It requires a shift in who we trust. It needs a shift to move from myself, trusting myself, my own abilities, and trusting God. That's why we worship, because we trust you, God. We trust you have the answers. We trust you have the ability. We trust you have the way that you trust that you are our healer. And I want to I want to challenge you today to put your trust in God, to trust Him, because possession requires a shift. Today, are you prepared to make that shift? Are you prepared to make that shift in your life today? And right now, I know that there's people, you're listening to this, you're watching this right now, and your trust isn't in God. Your trust is in yourself. You've got God not in number one. He's maybe not even number two or three, but he is down the list. And in your life, you know that he is not your number one priority. There's people watching this today and you go, you know what, Andy, that's me. And today I want to tell you, you need to get right with God. The Bible says that sin separates us from God, that all have sinned and fall short of God's glory and that that sin separates us. But the Bible also makes it very clear that even though we may be separated from God and that we earn death through that sin, that we can become close to God by accepting Him. The Bible says that Jesus lived a perfect life and paid the price for our sin so that we could come to know Him, so that we could be in relationship with God and that while we were still sinners, Christ, that's Jesus, died for us on the cross, paying the price for our sin. And so today, if you're watching this or if you're listening to this and you know you need to get right with God, I want to lead you in a prayer. You might be watching this and you've never prayed a prayer like this. This prayer is for you. 
You might be watching this and you prayed a prayer like this, but you know right now you're far from God. Your heart is beating. You know deep inside of you that as you make this your prayer. Or you don't know where you stand before God, but you want to be sure. And you just go, you know what, Andy, I need to be right with God. Then I want you too to pray this prayer. Pray it with me today. Say these words. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I surrender my life. God, I'm sorry for every wrong thing that I've done. And I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to pay the price so that I could be forgiven. God, today I choose you as my Lord and as my Savior. I make that shift in my heart to place you as number one and to put my trust in you. I thank you right now that as I do that, I am now a child of God and that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, the Bible says there is an incredible celebration going on and we want to encourage you in your next steps and your journey with God. And so there is a comment coming up like that. Uh, we'd love to get in contact with you. You can also go on to our website, catalystchurch.co.nz forward slash Jesus. It talks all about the decision to follow Jesus, what your next steps can be and resource to help you in on your journey. And we'd love to encourage you on what that looks like. Today, I know that as I've shared this message, for some of you, you've gone, Andy, you know what? I know that in my life, I, I'm not experiencing the promises of God like I, I want to. I'm not experiencing what I believe God has for my life. And I want to tell you today that possession requires a shift that something needs to change. And I believe that the Spirit of God is here with you today to empower you to make that shift, to make that change, to move into what He's called you today. And I'm believing. I know that as I've shared today that something has stood out. And whatever that one thing that stood out that you know you make a shift in, I want to pray with you and agree with you and commit that thing to God about that shift. Maybe you're needing to make a shift in, in your thinking. Maybe you're needing to make a shift in, in your location. Maybe you're needing to make a shift in how you prioritize God. Maybe you're needing to make a shift in your worship or, or where you place your trust. Whatever it is, God is calling there to be a shift. Man, I'm, some of you, there's a shift that needs to happen in relationship. Some of you, there needs to be a shift in relationship that you've allowed to lapse, that you need to reconnect into, that God is saying, I want you to reconnect into. For some of you, there is a shift that needs to happen in the priority that you give to the to connecting into even to church or into to small groups. There is a shift, Some somebody you're watching this today, there's a shift that needs to happen into bringing back accountability into your life, into your world, into what you're doing. For some of you, there's a shift that needs to occur in your family boundaries that you've got. For some of you, there's a shift that, 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 that needs to occur in, in your discipline and relate, relationship with God. 
whatever it is today, I believe that God is wanting to move. And so I want to encourage you, wherever you are right now, just if you're sitting or standing, whatever you're doing, just lift your hands, close your, your eyes as a, sign, as a sign of openness and surrender to the Holy Spirit. He's here today and he wants to move in your life. So Father, right now, I release the presence of God. Lord, over every home, over every room, every car, whatever environment people are in right now, as they listen to this, God, that you would come and you would empower them with your grace to make that shift. God, I declare right now that Lord, this possession of your promise requires a shift. And God, today, allow there to be that shift. Whatever that is, God, you know exactly what it is. And they lift it up. I want you in your in your mind right now, whatever it is, to pray a prayer, a simple prayer of going, God, help me shift in this area. And whatever it is, you name that. If you feel comfortable to say it out loud or in your head, whatever it is, just take that moment right now. God, I need help to shift in and you say it, you declare it. There's power in coming to him. And Mark 9, there's a man that goes, God, I believe, help me with my unbelief. You don't need to fully believe it. Just pray it. Just have this one act of small faith today. God, I thank you for that right now. God, I thank you, God, for people right now as they've said it, as they've spoken it either in their mind or in their heart or even out loud. God, you would empower them to make that shift right now in Jesus' name.